motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Monday Night Pod Down. We are back with another week of Eight of the K's Wrestle Talk. Of course, you're with the world's greatest pod team. It's Carl E. Haas and, of course, Anton Benjamin. Amazing. I think that works, Carl. I think that works. I'm, I'm loving that. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll try these. I'm trying to, you know, it, it's, it's getting harder each week, I'll be honest. But uh, <laughs> anyway, Carl, good evening, sir. How are you? Well, I'm good. And big hello to everyone sitting at home. Hopefully, as uncomfortable as you possibly can be. I want you to listen to me. I want you to digest this. Before we leave this episode in three hours, there's a lot of things we want to get off our chests. Those other podcasts, we don't hate you. We don't even dislike you. We do like you a hell of a lot more than most people. We just hate the idea that you're the best because you're not. We're the best. We're the best in the world. Pipe bomb. <laughs> it's getting harder each week. It's getting harder each week. What a, what, a, what a brilliant one to go with. <laughs> Classic pipe bomb. It, it kind of landed quite nicely there with the world's greatest pod team and then saying we're the best in the world. Didn't yeah, even plan nice. it, but it And um, I, I assume is this, given that you just dropped a pipe bomb, is this going to be the start of the summer of Cal? <laughs> well, that is. I'm just waiting for <laughs> Kevin Nash to call me up and tear his quad. <laughs> yeah. I thought this guy was dead. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to break the fourth wall. Hi, Cal Cabana. <laughs> Love uh, it. So, yeah. Um Right, so as always, guys, we have a, another fun-filled week of wrestling. Um, and to be fair, a better week than, than some we've had, uh, especially Reed. recently. Even even SmackDown, I'm not that upset with this week. You'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, okay, Carl has some differing opinion. So we'll be going through the, the ringside report shortly. But um, before we do, our unique segment of the week, we've decided to talk about the worst WWE champions of all time. Now, this is going to be a fun one, and this might be a little bit polarizing as well, because I want to be clear on on, on something before we even get to seg three, or the unique seg, because it's no longer in position number three. Um, some of these I've picked, not because of the, the win, or because of the likability of that person. It's because of that particular championship run that makes it. Mm-hmm. So it's that isolated. So saying they're not the worst champion ever. If they won it again, or have won it again, I'm only talking about that time. Do you know what I mean? And I think, is that, is that fair to say with yourself, Carl? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, there's a couple of guys on here who I actually think are fantastic, but their, their title reigns were just awful. Um, mm. So there's a bit of a mix, a bit of a mix yeah. in terms of... Uh... But uh, a fun one. And um, to be honest, uh, it'd be interesting to get your opinion on um, a couple... I'm, I'm certainly offer my opinion on yours, Carl, but uh, I'd love to get you being the, uh, the the current wrestling historian until we find a suitable replacement. Um I'd be interested to get your take on, uh, <laughs> on the on uh, the on my opinions because I know some of them are, a lot of people would disagree with, um, but I, th- I feel justified in in me reasoning. So it'd, it'd be a fun. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. But before all that, let's trudge through the news, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> so coming up tonight on the Ringside <laughs> Report, we have AEW announcing a women's tag tournament. We have Hulk Hogan back in hospital. Yes, back in hospital. Apparently, he's been in hospital. Okay. Um, Vince McMahon, he is uh, not keen on a Raw superstar. Find out who it is at 11, probably. We have uh, a two actual WWE superstars joining the WWE creative team. We have talks on AJ Styles' possible AEW move, Carl. 
We have um, WWE losing a contract to AEW. Interesting stuff. And we all remember Crime Time. We have the suggestion of JTG of Crime Time possibly moving to AEW himself. Say moving. I don't think he's anywhere at the minute, so going to. I don't know. Uh, we have AEW pulling in over 1 million viewers, Carl. Wow. That's a lot of people. A lot of time to be alive. Listening to this podcast. It's crazy. Uh, we have Mike Tyson's AEW future possibly in jeopardy. And we have Leo Rush having his retirement match. I'll say that with, with air quotes for those who are listening rather than watching because he's that what, 20 odd? So oh, we'll, we'll see if that sticks. But anyway, <laughs> we have all that coming up shortly. But first, Carl's going to play the bagpipes for roughly 10 minutes. Stick with us. Oh, shit, I've got my bagpipes. Ah, let's just go straight into it then. Right. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carl, uh, do you want to take the first one for us, which will be um, the AEW's tag tournaments? Yeah, so as announced on Dynamite this week, um, AEW have announced Deadly Draw as a women's tag team tournament, which will take place this summer. Um, a bit out of the blue, considering AEW, uh, the women's division in there is a bit, shall we say, thin at the moment, what with... Uh, you know, the likes of Riho, um, not able uh, to obviously travel to the US, um, a lot of injuries. Obviously, we've got Britt Baker, we've got Chris Statlander. Um, so the division itself is not in the best of places. So quite surprised to see that they've announced a women's um, tag team tournament. Also, they've been quite flaky in this to a degree because they haven't announced if it's necessarily for any titles or anything like that. They've just said it's a tournament. So what are your uh, thoughts like on that? Well, for me, I think the, the plane is... I think they've got something up the sleeve because you and I have both said for weeks since AEW's inception, actually, that the women's tags or the women's tag, the women's division as a whole is weaker than most. It's weaker than TNAs and it's weaker than WWEs. They've got some fantastic women's wrestlers. I'm not disrespecting them, but their women's division is not as stacked as other promotions. So for me, it feels like a dangerous move, but this is where I think they do have something up the sleeve. I think we're probably going to see a lot of independent talent here. Then we're going to see a lot of people from other promotions. We know that they have a working relationship with New Japan, with um, the likes of Jericho and, and Omega still having matches over there, um, or certainly before the, the corona. Um, so for me, I feel like there's probably going to be a lot of people who aren't necessarily seen regularly on Dynamite in this tournament. And I think you've um, hit the nail on the head when they've been sort of vague about the tournaments and not mentioned titles. I don't think there's going to be any titles involved. And I think that's probably the right move. I, I've mentioned it a few times and I still stand by it. WWE shouldn't have women's tag titles until the women's willing to actually have women's tag teams. Um, so I think if you're not going to go all in, um, it's probably mm. best avoiding titles until you've got enough of a stacked division. So I think for me, and this is all speculation. I think it's going to be a fairly stacked tournament. It should be an enjoyable tournament. We're going to see a lot of new faces, and I don't think there's going to be any titles in the run for this one. No, um, I think you've you've absolutely hit it on the head there, my friend. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else to really say on that. It just kind of came out of nowhere, um, and I completely agree with you. I, I think if they do introduce um, some women's tag titles at this point in time, it doesn't really make much sense since they haven't got hardly any any team. So it's going to be interesting to see how they, um, how they fill it. You know, they've announced already that the Nightmare Sisters will be one of them teams, um, mm. which we were only saying last week. It seems weird that those two are together now. So at least now we know why. Like they saw it coming. Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, so, yeah, still quite interested to see where it goes. But, yeah, um, hopefully they get some some new talent in um, and, you know, it ends up being quite decent for their women's division. See, for me, I, um, I've always been intrigued by this and I could be way off base because I don't follow New Japan enough. But I know that there are some wrestlers who are in New Japan 
who can't go to Japan at the moment, such as um, Tamatonga. So I, I've got to imagine there's a lot of female wrestlers as well who would normally be in New Japan who currently can't travel due to the travel restrictions. So for me, this is something that I'm surprised they haven't done up to now. Like this would be a really good use of, of talent's time before they can go back to where they would go. And again, I don't know what the relationship truly is, but it seems that they have got a, a working relationship with New Japan. So that I don't know, in my head, I'm thinking it's quite a logical step to take. There must be people there who can't work at the minute due to the fact that they can't travel over there and um, can certainly be utilised, certainly in a tournament standard anyway. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, may- maybe that's what this is all about. Maybe they haven't used them on TV thus far so that it, you kind of, this is the way to bring them yeah. in or whatever and in we- the short term. We've seen it as well. We know AEW have been really good with stuff like this. I mean, they've been trying to get independent talent into into Dynamite to, to give them a bit of a payday during all these hard times and stuff. So we, we know that they are sort of thinking outside the box like that. Um, I mean, admittedly, most of them are just in there to job out. But still, you know, again, another business move. You imagine if, if what I'm saying is correct and they're going to have a lot of faces that aren't necessarily AEW talent, then um, you're going to expect an AEW talent to win because... That's sort of a boost for them, isn't it? And a boost for your show. It's just business. So, mm. well, be interesting to see what happens going forward. Have they announced any dates for it, Cal? No, they just said this summer. So, I'm not too sure when that'll be. Um, I don't know when. When's all out? Is that September? I'm guessing it's going to be before then. So maybe um, mm. or like August. Then, in August then, yeah. Mm. Right. Well, I look forward to it. Yeah, be interesting. So the next one, Cal. Um, I'd be interested to see whether you've seen these tweets actually. So we've had some tweets from Hulk Hogan who is sadly back in hospital. Now, I say, I was, I, I joked before, but like I, I, I'm aware, you know, he's, he's of a certain age, Mr. Hogan, and um, he does have um, complaints. I believe he's had to have a few surgeries in the last few years. So I know he's had to be in that hospital, but specifically, all he's done this time is he's, he's took some photographs of himself uh, in, an, I want to say an MRI machine. Apologies if I've got the technology wrong, uh, but clearly in a hospital. And um, so I say sadly, you know, I'm not I'm not discrediting religion when I say this at all, but um, just because it doesn't provide much information for us to gossip about. Um, his tweet in in the, the content of it is mostly about religion. So um, mm. he doesn't really offer much in terms of what, what he's in for this time, like whether there's any issue um, still over the previous surgeries he's had, whether he's still suffering any sort of physical complaints like that or if it's anything else. Um, and I certainly hope it's it's nothing too serious and he's on the mend pretty quick. But um, yeah, quite a cryptic. And again, I'm not discrediting religion at all, but almost a strange uh, tweet as well. Did you, did you see the tweet, Carl? Did you see what he, he sort of referred to? Yeah, um, I think he, he brought up something he posted previously, um, but then saying it was like never more relevant or something than it is today or something like that is that, yeah. is that the tweet yeah but it was the it was the the content of it that it, it was talking mm. about essentially like he's suggesting like the, that the coronavirus is a is an act from god which i'm sure some people may believe and it's like you know if you if you start worshiping sports then stadiums will be shut down and so on like that yeah um suggesting that it's all act, like acts of god as to as to why everything's been shut down and and you i mean obviously we we don't know what the um the true origin of, of the coronavirus is at this point. Um, not to, not to speculate and go all uh, tinfoil hat with it and say China made the virus or whatever, but um, you know it is very heavily sort of you know uh, doomsday apocalypse kind of uh, talk. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Um, yeah, almost unusual in a way. Let's say. 
Uh, I know yeah, people entitled to the beliefs, and I'm not knocking them for that. But it, you know, it, it's it's very cryptic and very very unusual for a man who usually just comes out and says brother a few hundred times. Well, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, to be fair, I didn't know he was in hospital in the first place, let alone going back in. So mm-hmm. um, obviously, if he's going under an MRI, then um, hopefully it's nothing kind of too serious. Um, hopefully, he'll be you know back on the men pretty soon. Um, but yeah, interesting. Uh, but speedy recovery, Hulkster. That's it. Get well soon, brother. <laughs> um, okay, so the next one on the list for this week. Um, so apparently, Vince McMahon is not hot on a current Raw star. Oh, Carl, before you mention who this Raw star is, <laughs> can I just say, I have nothing but respect for Vince McMahon. He is a wise, intelligent man who makes a lot of incredibly good calls, and I have never once said a bad thing about him. And I'm sure... <laughs> Whatever he's got to say right now, I totally 100% agree with because why would you disagree with Vince McMahon? Oh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice, nice way to set that up. Um, you know, look, I feel like every every week we find out like someone is a, you know, Vince Vince has given up on someone or doesn't care about someone this week. Um, that somebody is Alistair Black. Um, so by all accounts, he was um, very much a Paul Heyman guy. Um, when when Heyman was there, and he's the one who's been kind of advocating for him, um, no pun intended, with him being the advocate for uh, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> um, I mean, that'd be a step down, wouldn't it? Going from being an advocate to Brock Lesnar to an advocate for fucking Alistair Black. I think Alistair um, Black needs a fucking translator more than an advocate. Like, I know he's, he's rambled on, but let me explain what he means. He just needs a hug. That guy, he's fucking emo. <laughs> fucking. Um, but no. So apparently, Vince has uh, has now decided that he's a. Uh, He's not that over on Alistair. Um, so it was very much a Paul Heyman thing. And now that he has um, f- focusing more on his in-ring career, um, then Vince <laughs> has basically gone, well, do you know what, Alistair, you shit, so fuck you. Um, which is interesting, considering the the role he kind of had on Raw this week, which we'll come on to in the results. But yeah, yeah I but, don't know. Um, I've, I've said a few times, Alistair Black, I'm not, I'm not big on the guy. To be honest, I don't really see what people saw him. I mean, I'm purely speaking from your and my perspective, so I could be totally wrong on this. But what surprised me with this was that um, the news articles actually referred to it as um, Alistair Black being a fan favourite. And I'm like, is he? Like, am I that out of touch? Am I like Vince? Because I don't get it. I I honestly don't get it. And uh, we've mentioned this a couple of times that neither of us are a fan. Um, And again, never anything personal against the person. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I don't get the character. I don't get the rambling nonsense. It didn't work with Bray when he was the swampy Bray. It doesn't work now. Um, I just I, I struggle to get behind him. He just comes out and says a lot of nonsense. He has no real direction. It's just I, I'm very surprised if he is a fan favorite. I mean, it, unless they're talking about the fans that have been hired to specifically stand in the audience and cheer when told to. Well, you know, um, for whatever reason, I know that there are a lot of people who seem to you know, think quite highly of him or think he is going to be something. But um, I, I don't know. Look, I've, I've never really understood the gimmick. Is he is he a vampire? Is he, you know, why does he rise from a coffin? Doesn't make any sense. I you know, Honestly, I think um, I think the only reason he's getting cheers from the audience is that people are going, you know who his girlfriend is? And when they find out, they're like, fucking well done. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well done, man. Fucking hell. Um, I mean, yeah, fair play. When you were saying nothing personal, I was thinking, I've got, I've got a couple of personal gripes with him, the bastard. Um, but no... <laughs> Um, yeah, so strange one. Um, but obviously, when we get onto the um, talking about the raw results this week, um, he was featured quite prominently. Um, so interesting. But um, yeah, let, let's see how it pans out for him. I know, yeah, certainly. Um, and you never, you really never know with Vince, do you? Like this is this week, guys. Um, you know, 
and I do I, I totally respect Vince and everything he's got to say about everything. But um yeah, you just you never know. You never know. He, he might change his mind next week because Alistair did something nice like brought him a coffee and well, well I believe in this article as well what it was the reason why he's fell out of favour. He's he Vince still believes there's something missing with Alistair Black. And I'm like, well, yeah, a fucking personality. But, that, that's what it um, is. <laughs> so, you know, maybe he's onto something. But I believe um, the article also said he feels quite similarly about um, Cesaro, which is uh, a bit of a shame, really, um, because I do quite like Cesaro. But maybe it is just that personality um, aspect Wait. of it. Obviously, it's, uh, it's entertainment, isn't it? So, I think the thing that's missing with Cesaro is... Um, opportunity because there's been a couple of times now and I don't know why it keeps cropping up there's been a couple of times I've seen on Twitter now where they're referencing the fact that you know I'll give this man a shot at the title give this man an opportunity at the title and he's, ne- he's never had a, a title shot and it's like yeah that's a fair point um, especially right now why not just take the risk right now well exactly and um, I mean he'd be know. a more legitimate opponent for Braun than a lot of people there so why not why not give him the I mean, opportunity I- I want to see Drew versus Cesaro. I think that'd be an absolute banger, if I'm honest. But, oh yeah, yeah. But if you're gonna, if you, know, you, you know, if you're not looking at doing anything other than giving giving him to to Braun as fodder for SmackDown, give him the title run, see how people get behind it as a feud. Just test the waters, yeah. dip your toe in. Okay, exactly. Matter. And you know, by all accounts, he's uh, he's very well liked by the the other wrestlers in the locker room as well. So if only I don't know, some of them could get involved in creative, and you know, maybe. Uh, you know, it's funny. it's funny you say that, Carl, because um, yeah. it's been reported recently that two, two WWE superstars are now joining the creative team. Now, that's not to say that they're not going to be in-ring stars. One of them may be, actually. But, um, <laughs> yeah, apparently both Edge and Daniel Bryan are having more involvement in the creative elements of WWE and being more involved with the creative team. So, um you know, Daniel Bryan is is one for reckon that he is um he's he's about building new talent. He, he's um well he's he's hung around with Drew Gulak for a little bit, so you know, um but it could be an interesting step and could be potentially the change we need. I mean, regardless of what people think or what Vince thought, Pritchard needs support, and to be honest, the creative team needs something. Mm-hmm. We've seen, and I still maintain, when one show's good, the other one suffers at the moment. Um, I mentioned it last week when SmackDown was piss poor compared to Raw, or was it the other way around? Either way, we've had a really bad Raw and a really bad SmackDown at the detriment of each other. And um, maybe this sort of involvement from people who are in the business and understand the business maybe more than some writers, with all due respect. I know a lot of the, don't get me wrong, I know a lot of the backstage talent have been involved in wrestling for a long time and, and have been in-ring competitors as well. But I feel like the writing team is very lacking at the minute in terms of that creative element. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what, what they could bring to the table. Um, do you think this could be a permanent step for Edge, who is now on injury and, and potentially maybe come back for a few matches? But let's let's face it, he's not going to be a full-time star again, really, I don't think. Yeah. Do you know what? I'd, I honestly don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy step for, for WWE to take, you know. Wrestlers historically have an element of creative control. Um, you know, certainly the what the ones higher up the card in terms of how their character is treated and so on and so forth. But never before have I really seen anything around um, them bringing an active talent into the writing team and allowing them to kind of um, get involved in that. And you know, without kind of spoiling any, any of the SmackDown results this week, you know, it seems pretty evident that some of this stuff's already taken place. You know, recently um, Daniel Bryan. Uh, came out and, and he, he said that of two particular superstars on the SmackDown roster who he felt um, you know were being underutilized and lo and behold this week 
both of those um, guys have got some clear kind of story progression um, and getting mm-hmm. some highlights that they've never really had before. So, you know, it definitely seems like it's uh, <laughs> it's going to create some new, you know, new dynamics and, and push some new faces. So, you know, I'd like to think that Daniel Bryan was partly behind the whole Cesaro um, giving him the belt gimmick as well, um, which would kind of play nicely into the what, what unfolded with the New Day this week. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely an interesting turn, I think. But as for oh, a, yeah. a long-term one, I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't think anything ever stays long term in WWE. But for what it's worth, I do think Edge would sometimes be... 19 people get sacked randomly. <laughs> you just don't know. You yeah. never know. Uh, but yeah, for what it's worth, I do think Edge would be fantastic at that. I think um, since he came back, his promos and stuff have been just phenomenal. Some of the best um, in the biz. So speaking yeah, of phenomenal, <laughs> fucking fantastic. <laughs> To be so honest, good. I thought you were setting that up anyway. <laughs> you know what? That was that was amazing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, speaking of phenomenal, um, so a certain phenomenal AJ Styles um, has come out to say, "Never say never" on a move to AEW. Um, don't know how much truth mm. there is in this one. So yeah, look, he's been quoted as he's been <laughs> he's been quoted as, as saying that um, you know never say never about him going to AW. But if you put it in the wider context of it, he's basically said that right now there's no reason for him to go anywhere else. He's happy. Um, and, you know, he knows what is, is being asked of him in WWE and he quite likes that. So, you know, why would he go anywhere? But again, never yeah, say I think, never. So. I think this is the problem that like out of context, that's a, it's an exciting quote. And to be honest, the speculation can really build because you go, well, he's got a lot of friends over there, you know, a lot of people from new Japan. Um, but I recall, I think, because this was during a Twitch stream, wasn't it? And I think at some point he said as well that he would intend to to end his or, or go to a more of a backstage role with WWE. That that's sort of how he sees his career ending as well. Um, mm. So it certainly seems like he doesn't have any designs on going anywhere. But the never say never. That's the tease that everyone wants. Yeah, We're all I mean, excited now. Go on, to be it's honest. confirmed. AJ's going to <laughs> AEW. Oh, I mean, you are going to see this on every fucking YouTube thumbnail going, aren't you? Including you know? us. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, obviously, you've got to get them clicks. Um, <laughs> them but, clicks. <laughs> it's all about them clicks. But no, like, I, I don't think there's any chance of AJ going anywhere for whatever reason, um, which is crazy when you think about it. But, like, he is one of Vince McMahon's top guys. Like, Vince fucking loves him, right? Which is mental because for years... He didn't want anything to do with the guy when he was in TNA. When he went to Japan, Vince couldn't stand the guy. He was too small. He was, you know he was too southern. Like, he I think he's <laughs> definitely proved himself, though, because he came into AEW. No, he didn't. Sorry, rumor mill. <laughs> Spoilers. He has yet. He, has, he hasn't yet. Never say never. Um, I'm going to hold that yet. clip for when he does. Um, he come into WWE, and for me, I don't think they had like a big thing on. Like He, he was over... But I don't think at that point they knew he was over because he, <clears throat> he come into the Royal Rumble, he got a pop, and he definitely had a good show at the Royal Rumble. But um, in his tenure there, he's done nothing but perform fantastically for Vince. He's been over with the crowd. He's practically held SmackDown on his shoulders at one point because let's face it, he was doing that at a time when there was nothing else really on SmackDown. When he was having his championship run and going through his heel run on SmackDown was some of the best work SmackDown was doing at that time. And I think Vince has obviously seen that. I think that's what's built it up. Because like you say, he's not, to look at, he's not a Vince McMahon guy. No. Vince McMahon loves big sweaty men, we know that. Well, no, I don't want to digress too much from this from this particular news article, but what I thought was really funny, I saw um, a little snippet with EC3 um, the, other, the other day. He, was, um, he basically said that 
uh, Vince and the production team were watching an episode of Impact way back when, when when he was on there. And Vince apparently looked at him and saw obviously like his body and his build and was like, who's that guy? We need to get him. And the right the writers or the production team were like, that's fucking Derek Bateman. And he's like, who's Derek Bateman? So like, exactly. So like <laughs> that just goes that that's just fucking tickled me something rotten like because that that's Vince all over. Like on the one hand, you know, you're Shawn Michaels and now you're AJ Styles and you guys who you would never think, you know, would be Vince McMahon guys. Um, because he's just all about the big sweaty, bulky men, isn't he? But he's still got that about him. Funny though, because you think <laughs> being in the wrestling biz, you think that on a personal level, he prefer the technical wrestlers. Like mm. I, I'm, I'm sure he understands as well as most people that your your behemoths are the ones that kind of sell. You know what I mean? Like you, you want to see two oh, yeah. giants, two titans go up against each other. That's traditionally what's sold. That you know, like Hogan versus Andre the Giant goes down in history. There's no denying that. But you think from a from a technical standpoint and for a man who's been in the business so long, you would think he'd be into this sort of wrestler. But to whatever reason, he's always been more about the the Hogans of the world. Oh yeah. nice, well, I mean, nice I can, to see a bit of progression. I, I can in never a get odd year old man. <laughs> I can never get um, that little thing from beyond the mat out of my head where you get interviewed and he goes, "We make movies," and it's like you know he's not he's not a typical wrestling promoter. He is like an entertainment guy. So that's why obviously the the spectacle of the come and see a seven foot whatever or you know like he's always going to have that about him. But I mean, to be fair, he did change the business so. Um, well, yeah, he, you know. he had a unique approach and it worked for a very long time. We bitch about it now to some level, but it did work for a very long time. So can't well, exactly. really on that. But yeah, so apologies for the digression. But AJ Styles has never say never about going to AEW, which you know, let's, let's be honest, AEW at the minute are uh, you know doing really good things in the in the TV the TV ratings world. Well, speaking of AEW doing really good things, Cal. Thanks for that setup, by the way. It wasn't quite as uh, fucking seamless as yours. The <laughs> phenomenal. Um, but we've, uh, as you well know, Carl, um, WWE have a deal with Sky Sports. Do they? Yeah, they do in Italy, apparently, still. So um, now, the, the, a joke, but this, is, this has been a thing that's been coming for a while because as a lot of people might know, especially me and Carl, who are Brits, um, we know that they've recently moved over to BT. Um, so you have to watch BT Sport to get WWE. Um, but they still had some contracts with Sky in other countries. The main one that I'm talking about in this article being Sky Sports Italy. Uh, I say that just because it was in quotes when I read it. Um, now, the, the crux of the article is the fact that they have now lost their contract with Sky Sports Italy over cost. And who of Sky Sports Italy chose to replace that slot? They've chose none other than AEW. So AEW's... Uh, channel over in Italy will be Sky Sports, which is an interesting one. Um, but do you think we could see more of this, Carl? Because apparently this is the same breakdown and the same reason that um, the that sorry the UK deal sort of broke down was again cost elements because WWE are way overpricing themselves as well. Well, yeah, that's it. They seem to be pricing themselves out um, quite a bit, um, which is. You know, it's a bit of a it's, a, it's a bold move, shall we say, because obviously they've got the, the WWE network, but they still rely heavily on those um, cable deals that they've got, um, especially, you know, internationally as well, because of all the delays and stuff whenever they do actually air those episodes. So um, interesting, though, that, you know, these these stations aren't just standing for it and they're like, well, do you know what, fuck it, we're, we're going to... Um, we're still going to air wrestling and we'll air these guys for, who are much uh, cheaper. Well, I think this is, um, this is again, it's another sign really, isn't it? That um, 
AEW becoming a because uh, I know a lot of people like to, to say oh the you know AEW or nothing. Uh, there seems to be a, a lot more hate um, when you read the likes of Reddit and stuff for AEW than there is anything else. Um, but you can't argue that they are becoming a more legitimate threat. I don't know at what point WWE are going to feel threatened, but they are becoming a lot more of a legitimate threat. And a good example of that is this. It's the fact that they are getting these sort of deals because they're not overpriced. And you could go, well, yeah, it's just because they cost nothing. But it's like, well, yeah, in some level. But then people are going to start tuning in to watch wrestling where WWE used to be. What do you think is going to happen? You know, (laughs) it's a scary move for WWE. I'm surprised that they haven't maybe considered uh, that element of it. Um, And we have essentially an open slot Again, not related to the article, but it is and somewhat speculative. But Sky Sports don't have wrestling in the UK now at all. Um, and we've heard talk previously from Cody Rhodes that um, in an ideal world, they will stick with ITV, but they would be looking to sort of rehash that deal at some point in the, in the coming months. Now, the, the main issue I have with um, AEW in the UK at the moment is on as far as TV goes, ITV don't air it live. I don't mm-hmm. mind the pay-per-view elements. That's fine. But they don't air, air the, the actual weekly Dynamite Live, which in some sense has worked because I'm only watching NXT and then, I, you know, I've got I've always got one on record, you know. But um, you have to wait till um, the Friday, despite the fact that it airs on the Wednesday. So for me, if they're going to rehash a deal and potentially could end up on Sky Sports, main thing is as long as it's going to be aired live, they're, um, whoever gets them is going to be on a winner there, really. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that 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 is the biggest issue with um with AEW in the UK is that it's it's fucking it's far too late to the point where I want to watch it before that, and then it's heavily edited as well. Um, so it's not great. I remember you know thinking at the time like it's a really good deal for them. It's going to be free to wear. It's going to be in everyone's like you don't have to have the cable packages. You know, I I grew up for quite a few years not having any cable TV and stuff, and mm. I remember when you know WWE was on Channel Four. Um, every now and again, and I was like, oh, I was like, so like, like hyped that I could watch it. So I, I thought it was a fantastic deal, but it is such a shame that you know it's um, so delayed. It's um, yeah. it's funny because um, I remember when we were in high school, I used to watch SmackDown because it was on Sky One, mm. which obviously wasn't a um, part of the sports package. Uh, so I never used to be able to watch Raw for almost a similar reason. Although we had the cable channels, um, it wasn't the sports package was a separate thing. So I used to watch SmackDown every Saturday. But I wasn't able to watch Raw because we never paid for the sports. Yeah, mad, isn't it? Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, the next one. <laughs> 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 well, um, yo, 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 Papa Forty and check your rollies. It's JTG potentially going to AEW. Nice. Um, <laughs> Makes up for the lack of segue that way. Um, yeah, so again, I, I mean, this one's probably a bit of a reach as well, but um, it looks like a fan had made um, a poster or like a, a match car graphic um, of uh, JTG. Looks good as well, doesn't of, it? It's a good <laughs> it look of match car graphic. Pretty man. sick, to be fair. Um, but yeah, so they've made this graphic of, of JTG uh, going up against Cody for the TNT title. Um, you know, as, as we know, there's there's tends to be a lot of um, surprise debuts and stuff like that um, of people going up against Cody for that belt. Um, so quite uh, quite an interesting one. But basically, JTG has obviously seen that, that graphic um, that, that the fan the fan had made and then he's basically put like oh interesting you know don't you love fan art and then typed Cody Rhodes in it and do you know what Cody Rhodes said absolutely fucking nothing so I don't think it's happening thanks um, Cody <laughs> but, um, unless he's quietly rang JTG and said it's meant to be a surprise dickhead <laughs> yeah maybe um, I don't <laughs> no, know I mean, I, um, part of me 
I know I know it's a reach and I know it was a fan made thing, but part of me wonders, you know, because like I don't know, like with everything that happened with Shad, you know, and it, it was incredibly tragic and all that, but I don't know. I almost feel like he might want to sort of come back and pay homage to his former tag team partner in some way. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like represent crime time for him or something like that. I could honestly see him having another run in wrestling. It doesn't necessarily mean it's AEW, but I could see him having another run in wrestling now. Um, assuming he's not doing any indies, but certainly on a bigger promotion. And that is a, a reach, yes. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm quietly hopeful that he's going to sign somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you know, by, by all accounts, I mean... Shad was still um, teaming up, you know, as, as recently as like February, March time um, on a few indie shows and stuff. So I think he's still, or he was somewhat active in the industry. Obviously, he's, uh, you know, with the, the death of his, his tag team partner, I don't think he's been back since. So, you know, maybe we'll get that itch to, to avenge him and, and, you know, come back in some capacity to, to AEW. I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, I could potentially see it in like NXT or something, to be fair. Um, See for me, the like... the reason I think it, it's more likely AEW is more on along the lines of it's AEW don't really mind you being casual like they've had. Um, I believe FTR still aren't actually contracted. Mm. Um, whereas if you went to NXT, they'd have had to have signed like a five year deal or something. So yeah. I don't know. It, it's almost a lot of commitment. If he just wants to come back and have a bit of a run, um, and they're like, yeah, we can offer you something without any any real sort of like, hey, we want you for this many years. And and you can't compete if you ever leave. Go fuck yourself. You know that the standard WWE contract. Um, yeah. Then I don't know. I could see him going for sort of more casual, maybe TNA and and um, the likes of. Unless it's you know they they were made on WWE. Let's say I'm probably gonna get some smart telling me that oh actually they compete like they, that's where <laughs> that's where everyone knows them from. Let's be honest. Yeah. So maybe it would be NXT. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely definitely interesting. You know, hopefully he does come back and he has another run, but um, it'd be interesting to see whether that is the case. Indeed. Speaking of interesting cases. <laughs> so the next one, Carl. Um, AEW, right? They've been very recently having a lot of fun, let's say, with the ratings. Um, and it's not about the ratings anymore. It's about the demo. <laughs> uh, as we know from the demo god himself. But this this next article is in relation to AEW have actually managed to pull in over 1 million viewers for one match. <laughs> now, I'd like you to guess what that match is, knowing that you've probably already read this news article. So have a guess, Carl, but pretend like you don't already know. Hmm. Let me think. <laughs> it's cool. Um, I'll, I'll, you know what? I won't leave it in suspense anymore, Carl. Um, so it was the Young Bucks versus the Butcher and the Blade in their fall count oh, anywhere right. match last week. Okay. In some respects, like it's not surprising, but it is because if you if you look at it like without watching the match, you'd go watching and blade really wow. <laughs> but it was a hell of a match, and mm. apparently, and I don't know how they measure these things in all honesty, but um, it was the end of the match that uh, that garnered that many viewers. So they were around eight hundred odd thousand, but as the match progressed and as we got towards the, the end of the close of the show, they, they reached up to 1 million, which is, um, I think the first time you've heard those numbers and something that, that just totally hits um, NXT right out of the park, really, in that sense. But uh, do you think this could be a sign of times to come? Do you think this could be a sign that the war is won? Yeah, almost right now, I like it. <laughs> um, I don't know, potentially. I think for whatever reason, um, people are just channel surfers. Like, they they don't have the attention span to watch a, a certain show for 
two hours at a time. So they're probably just like flicking, flicking, flicking. Oh yeah, I'll flick back and see what's going on there. Nah, that shit. I'll flick to something else. Mm. So I think for whatever reason, when everyone flicked to the see the young bucks and the butcher and the blade, um, and they kind of street fight um if you want to call it that whatever it was fucking backstage fight um for whatever reason it just seemed to captivate um more people to the point where a lot more people stayed <laughs> see what i find interesting i'm not knocking the match by any means but this isn't the first time aw's had this sort of spectacle i mean we've had the stadium stampede and all sorts where mm. you'd expect these kind of viewer numbers but this is apparently the first time they've hit a million so uh, i find it interesting that it just seems to have like you say just seems to have hit the right tone with the audience um, mm. And it was it was very good. You know, I'm not I'm not knocking it by any means, but um, yeah, I, I hold our hope that they, they, you know they could be competing with Raw this time next year. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean the the way the the Raw ratings are decreasing, <laughs> the way AEWs are increasing, it's only a matter of fucking time, isn't it? But yeah. um, you know, all the, all the arrows are pointing down, Vince. Help. But uh, yeah, so not much of a one, Carl. But uh, it's looking good for AEW. The ratings are are getting near the millions now, and hopefully. Even higher because we, as everyone knows, we're marked for AEW. We totally enjoy the product. Uh, not to say we wouldn't criticise when it's needed, but we don't need to a lot, which is great. Exactly, it's, a, it's definitely a knockout for them in the uh, in the rating wars. Um, speaking of knockouts, <laughs> um, <I> love it. <laughs> so, um, Mister Mike Tyson um, has decided to return to boxing. Um, so, obviously, was he a boxer? Featured- yeah. <laughs> Apparently so. I, oh, I, was, okay. I thought he was just a movie star. He's in The Hangover, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, well, I just thought he was a tattoo connoisseur. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, apparently he's uh, he's announced his comeback now um, to boxing. You know, we've seen quite recently in um, an episode or two of AEW, obviously with that little kind of tease feud with uh, Jericho, which um, you know we were speaking then about um, the young bucks, obviously drawing drawing a million view, uh, eyeballs. Like I'm surprised anything with Tyson didn't get that much, to be fair, because it went absolutely mental on like YouTube and stuff. Yeah, um, true. I, th- I think that's the trouble, though, isn't it? Because viewers aren't counted by online or anything like that. It's like television viewers so um the numbers they're getting online they, they might be counted somewhere but they're not part of the um the other all all thingy to demographic and all that they're talking about uh they're not counting uh any sort of online viewing from what i gather yeah um it's just i, I don't know like even on even on tv unless people just didn't know about it or something like you'd think fucking hell that would draw a lot of eyeballs but um mm. you know it, it definitely did the business online and oh yeah you know the way that they kind of ended it. It seemed like they were still going to do something at some point with um, Tyson and Jericho. But if he's announced his return now, it remains to be seen whether or not he, you know, will continue or he'll ever rock up in AEW again, or whether it's just a one-time thing. To me, like they, they sort of painted it like it seemed evident they were going to have a match. Um, be ashamed to think that that doesn't happen. That being said, I'm not. It's one of that. I'm more bothered about the fact that it's a potential storyline not being paid off than I am the fact that this match doesn't happen, if that makes sense. Like, mm. I'm not overly bothered about Tyson and Jericho as a match. I'll watch it, but it's more about the fact that they're setting something up and, and potentially can't finish it that bugs me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it will definitely be a shame because obviously it was uh, it was quite exciting at the time and, and you felt like they've got some unfinished business there. So, you know, hopefully they do get to do something where they where they do settle it, but it's going to be the Gronk all over again. Do you remember how devastating it was when the Gronk relinquished his 24-7 title? It's going to be like that again, Carl. I'm still not over it, you know. He's former WrestleMania host, man. Sad time. Really bad time. Speaking of bad times. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's, he's definitely retired now when he Gronk, anyway, from the business. Was he retired? I lose track, didn't he sign with another football place or something? I know the lingo. 
<laughs> he did. Well, that's it. He's, uh, he's retired from the wrestling world. Oh, apologies. Right. So he's he's not going to um, foray back into wrestling once he's he's scored some more <laughs> touchdowns. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know how it works. Uh, right. So, Carl, the last one of the night. I left the most exciting for the last. Do you remember yeah. Leo Rush? Ooh, I'll tell you anyway. <laughs> so Leo Rush, uh, a prominent talent on um, NXT, I believe might have been notable as the, the little guy who hung around Bobby Lashley for a while. <laughs> the guy who and had then, a, tw- a fucking Twitter war with uh, Mark Henry for a bit. Yes, well, yeah, had a, had a bitch fest with Mark Henry. So as a lot of people know, he was um, released by WWE. He was offered uh, the best in his future endeavours, as typically a lot of people were. Now, um, it seems from that, it's been evident that um, his focus hasn't been on uh, wrestling. I believe, I want to say music. I think he does music or something. I'll be honest, I don't really follow him. But um, he's decided, interestingly, to have a, a farewell match, if you will. I want to call it a farewell match because I, I think he's way too young to retire. I, I don't think this will be last time in wrestling. I think it's like a CM Punk kind of deal where he's like, I'm going to take a break and then tease it forever. Um, but he is now having or had, apologies, he's had this match, um, with a, an independent company, uh, GCW. I don't know if you've heard of them, Carl. But um, regardless of whether you've heard of the independent company, he had the match with Joey Janela of AEW. And this, um, again, both really very good wrestlers. Whether you, I mean, Joey Janela's not had a lot of airtime on AEW, as far as I'm concerned, so you don't really get to see a lot of him in the ring. But they're both very good wrestlers. Um, but yet this is apparently... This is Leo Rush saying goodbye to the wrestling industry. Um, so I don't know what you think of that, Carl, or what you thought of Leo in WWE, because I'll be honest, I feel like he was more notable for arguing with people than he was wrestling. Um, sadly, it seemed to be a lot more animosity over social media and, and certain arguments he's had with certain legends who will remain unnamed, um, rather than his actual... Like, if you go, oh, do you remember that incredible match with Leo Rush? No, I don't. Yeah, um, absolutely the same. I don't remember any of his uh, in-ring work or any of his time on WWE telly. I remember, um, you know, his little Twitter wars and his, you know, bitching and moaning and, you know, stuff like that. But, mm. yeah, so, you know, fair play to the guy. Hopefully his music takes off and he goes and does that. That's what he wants to do. Yeah. It's a shame in some senses because I gather that, um, you know, Triple H was keen on him at one point and he does have a lot of potential. Um, mm. And forgive me if I'm speaking out of ten. But because I know a lot of people might be on his side, but maybe you know when he when he matures a bit and gets over himself, he'll come back to the wrestling biz. I don't know. But um, looking at the the way the pettiness that they were getting with some of the arguments he was having with Mark Henry, and don't get me wrong, Mark was just as in the wrong as well. But um, I don't know. It's it's that kind of thing. You go, well, yeah. Well, hopefully, we we you never know. If he does come back to the wrestling game, it might be might be with a different mindset. Let's say. Mm. And that, as short as it was, and as fun as it was was the ringside report. <laughs>